Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. All right. Well, it's been an interesting past week, hasn't it? It's been a very interesting past week, and when Matt came in on Tuesday, I knew who to blame. It's all Matt's fault. If you remember his prayer last week on Sunday morning, do any of you remember his prayer? He said, the Lord's will be done. And as we pray that in our lives, oftentimes the Lord's will is done, if you read Romans chapter 13, and we get mad about it, and we get upset. But I think in all sincerity, I think we really do want the will of the Lord to be done. But it is grieving what's taking place. And so I'm going to do a study differently. We're going to go out of Corinthians this morning. I had the Corinthians study ready, and uh, Thursday, um, the Holy Spirit stirred me to do a different study. Because there's just a sense, you know, and, and it is, it's a grieving sense. I get it. I understand it. You know, in 50%, and I, and I went on and I just did quickly of the senators, you know, who won and the number of votes that took place in our country. And it's almost basically split down the middle, 50-50, when you do all the numbers of all the different senators and all the different states. It's basically 50-50. So this is not about, uh, this teaching is not about politics and you voted wrong and this, that, and the other thing. It's not about that. Elevate your eyes. Elevate your eyes. We're in the last days. What it's about, that 50% of this nation is willing to vote for killing babies. Because when you come right down to it, that's what changed this whole election six months ago, eight months, whenever that was, Roe v. Wade. That, that turned it on a dime. And the enemy is going to try to deceive people in that their rights, including Christians, you know, I have rights, are you sure? Are you sure you have rights? I'm a slave. I'm a servant of the Most High God. So my rights are to listen and to obey Him and what His Word says to do. So be very careful how far you take your rights, even as a Christian. I have a right to die for Jesus. Jesus said, you take up the sword, you'll perish by the sword. So be very careful the road we're going down. That's the exhortation in the study this morning that I I encourage you to take, is just be aware of the days we're living in because history does repeat itself. And we're going to look at that this morning. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word. And we thank you for the truth. We thank you for the truth. And even as Pilate said to the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, What is truth? Great question. And that is being asked this very day in our culture, in our country, with science, with politics, with our coworkers, with our neighbors, with our family members, with the world. What is truth? So, Father, this morning, as we grieve, and rightly so, over the killing of babies, the continual killing of babies, the advertising of killing of babies, the glorying in the killing of life, human lives. 
Father, we deserve judgment as a country. We deserve wrath. So as Bible-believing Christians, Father, in a country that deserves judgment, help us to remember why we're here, that we are ambassadors for Christ. Not for any party, not for any worldly agenda. We are ambassadors for Christ. Lord, I pray for the gift of teaching. And as we go over your word this morning, that we will step back and see the bigger picture, the spiritual picture that is taking place in our land, just as we saw it take place in the land of Israel. Going from all glory, just tremendous glory, to being wiped off the land due to disobedience of your word. Bless the morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go back to the beginning. And and the the emphasis is truth this morning. What is truth? But then there's also going to be an emphasis on delusion. Delusion. So I'm just kind of giving you a heads up. And if you're new or visiting, I, I encourage you to grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, if you need a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. But make sure you have a paper Bible and that you can find those books in your Bible, and that you're reading from Genesis to Revelation. Um, If you're not reading the whole counsel of God, you're going to miss out on what God is trying to teach us, just like the Israelites missed out. So this is not new, what we are going through. It's happened over and over and over again in history. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2 says, now we're going to do a lot of verses, so some verses we're going to throw up on slides, and other verses we're going to turn to, so don't worry. Uh, But I encourage you to write them down. I encourage you to write all the verses down, you know, the addresses, and study them this week on your own. And I think if you do, you're going to have the peace of surpassing understanding. These are just a few verses. We could go over so many more. Deuteronomy 28.1 says, Now it shall come to pass. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Notice that. Diligently. Not like, eh, I don't feel like it. Eh, I like this one. I don't like that one. To observe carefully, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And this took place during David and Solomon's reign. This literally took place. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you what? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. How about Deuteronomy 28, 15? But it shall come to pass if you do not obey. This is Moses writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So right away we see obedience. Obedience. Truth and delusion comes down to obedience. Who am I going to obey? Am I going to obey the word of God? Or am I going to obey the word of man? And again, not the word of the pastor, the word of God. Who am I going to obey? If you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you. Notice that. That's a Remember a few months ago we talked about promises? In the Bible, there's thousands of them. This is another promise. You will be blessed. You will be cursed. Which promise do you want? Which promise do I want? 
that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You see, things were going fairly well in Israel until the death of Solomon. The death of Solomon. And this is, David lived roughly 1000 BC. So you kind of get the picture frame, roughly 3000 years ago. There was a division that took place after his death, which caused a split to happen within the nation of Israel. You'll find this as you read your Bible. If you don't want history to repeat itself, read your Bible. At the point of division, the ten northern tribes then became known and referenced as Israel, the ten northern tribes. And the two southern tribes became known as Judah. Jerusalem was within the area of Judah, Judah, so that is where the temple that Solomon had built was located. Jeroboam became the first king of the northern tribes after the split. And out of fear of losing the people to Judah, he deceived the people into believing that they didn't need to worship God in Jerusalem. He was afraid of losing the people to Judah. They could worship him, God, through two golden calves. Two golden calves. Now Solomon has just died. This is not like hundreds of years from David. This is not like they didn't know where the temple was and how the priesthood should have been. This is not like hundreds, again, it's not even a hundred years. It's not even 50 years after Solomon. This is within a few years of Solomon's death the nation is ready to go into idol worship. Deception and delusion. Deception and delusion. One located in northern Israel and one located in southern Israel on the border of Judah. So he was covering the land. Oh, you're, you're up north? Well, just go worship at this calf. Oh, you're down south? Well, you can worship this calf. But don't go to Judah. Don't go to the temple. Don't go to where you're only supposed to worship the one true God. Don't do that. I've got you covered. We got the golden calves. You see, this led to delusion, which would cause the nation to eventually be totally removed from the land of Israel. So as we're looking at that, now bring it up to today. If we obey the word of God, we will be blessed. Now, don't get into Christian fiction and the nonsense on TV, health, wealth, and all that nonsense. It's just we will be blessed. We're going to heaven right now as Bible-believing Christians. You can't get any more blessed than that. So on your worst day, just remember, I'm going to heaven. I am blessed. And it's not by my good works. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. Always keep everything in proper perspective. Webster's 1828 defines one of the definitions of delusion is... An act of tricking or deceiving someone. An act of tricking or deceiving someone. And again, I'm not talking about the election per se, but the bigger picture of what is happening to our culture in these last days. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians and move very quickly because we've got a lot of scriptures this morning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 through 12. Very important that you stay focused on the Word of God in these last days. And I I pray that you're doing daily devotions. That is my prayer. 
that you're doing daily devotions. And if you are, if, you, if you'd like to get ours, we have the reading schedules in the back at the agape boxes. You can take one. Um, we just finished Jeremiah. We're now into Lamentations. And you would go, you're probably thinking, why would I want to read Lamentations? Uh, because America's in Lamentations. Now, I don't mean literally America. You know, USA, we're in the Scriptures because we're not. As far as we know, America is not found in the Scriptures like Babylon, like Syria, like Iran, Iraq, like Russia, named. We're not named. But our behavior and the way our culture is going, reading Jeremiah the last month or three weeks, whatever it's been, it's like I've been highlighting America, 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 America. Lamentations this morning, America. And what is Lamentations doing? Jeremiah is weeping over a nation that used to know God and turned away from God to false idols. They put their eyes on man instead of God. So I encourage you, read Lamentations with that thought process in mind because you might not be understanding it. You might think, wow, this is just a really bummer book. Yeah, it is. But it's relevant to us because if we as a society go that direction, we're going to reap the same. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So you and I, and again, I know this doesn't necessarily include every single Christian, but there are many churches, unfortunately, in America that are embracing the nonsense that's going on in our culture. So we have to remain steadfast. How do we remain steadfast? By not becoming delusion. How do we not become delusion? Staying in the truth, the truth, which is the word of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And now you know that what, what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time, that he hears the Antichrist. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, capital H, which I believe would now be the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is where? In the church, not in this building, but in every single Bible-believing Christian. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. I believe that is the rapture. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Then the Antichrist will be revealed. So in other words, don't look for the Antichrist. Keep your eyes on the Christ. Because we're not going to know anyways. It wasn't JFK. Not Obama. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We're not going to know. Bible just tells us that. And then, the lawless one will be revealed. So until then, he's not going to be revealed. He's alive. I personally believe he's alive. I personally believe he's doing many things in our world right now. But I'm not looking for him. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. I know who wins. I've read the rest of the story. Read your whole Bible. Whom the Lord will... Now, look at this. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Wow, what a battle. We're not coming back with Jesus with sword, guys. Jesus shows up, battle done. Read your Bibles. That's the second coming. That's where Jesus literally comes to this earth with the church to rule and reign for a thousand years. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. What's Satan's number one desire? Revelation chapter 12, to deceive. That's his number one desire, not John 10.10. I know most people go to John 10.10. That's the second thing he does, steal, kill, and destroy. But the very first thing is to do what? To deceive. 
to bring a delusion upon a person that they'll get off one degree. Can't take our salvation, but Satan wants to ruin our testimony. With all power, signs, and lying wonders, with, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. This is where we have departed. Back in 62 and 63, I was only two and three, I was two years old and three years old. But at that, at that time, prayer was taken out of school, the Bible was taken out of school. The Bible was one of the foundational books of learning for hundreds of years. We don't need it anymore. Get it out of here. And look at where we are now, 60 years later. Look at where we are. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion. Strong delusion. That they should believe the lie. That they may all be condemned who did not receive the truth, but had pleasure. Isn't that interesting, the days we're living in? But had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, I think everyone in this room has no pleasure in unrighteousness. And that's why we're grieved. Rightly so, we should be grieved. But we've got to keep the proper perspective. We shouldn't be surprised by what the world's doing. They don't have Jesus. So what can we do? We're ambassadors for Christ. We take Jesus to them. But they won't want it. No, no, no. That's not what the Bible says. You do your part. The Holy Spirit will do his. God is the one who brings the increase. We just have to do our part. So what is the lie? What is the lie? You see there a lie? There's a lie? Well, as you read it, it says not receiving and believing in the truth. It's that simple. It's not the lies of a party. It's not the lies of an agenda. It's the lie of not receiving the truth. And if you as a Bible-believing Christian are not in the truth from Genesis to Revelation, you and I can get easily deluded delusioned, get off track, and then we might take somebody with us. Again, we can't lose our salvation. I'm not going to argue with that. I know that's in the Bible. You want to argue with it, argue with somebody else. But don't argue with anybody else in here. We don't cause division in here. That's just what we believe. If you don't want, if you don't want to believe that, find another church that believes that and fellowship over there. But this church believes, teaches that you cannot lose your salvation. If we're in the last days, which I believe we are, I believe that we are being conditioned, conditioned. Revelation 13 says this. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, the Antichrist. Notice that. During, this is during the Great Tribulation. Seven years is the Great Tribulation, not the last three and a half. If you do a chronological study, which we'll eventually get to, in the first three and a half years, half the world's population is annihilated. I would say that's great. Not three and a half million people, three and a half billion people in the first three and a half years. And authority was given, given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. This gives us insight into the answer as far as who is going to be in control. There's going to be a one world government. Are we being conditioned to move towards a new world order? You've been hearing that terminology for a couple decades now. 
Revelation 13, 8 says, All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb. So if you don't have your names written in the Lamb's book of life, because there are various books, then you need to receive Jesus as your Savior. Once your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, it will never be erased. It will never be erased. Slain from the foundation of the world. So here we have one world religion. Are we moving towards a one world religion? And the Green New Deal is now the focal point of that one world religion. Just do a little bit of reading. You don't have to do a lot of research. How about Revelation 13, 16, 17? He causes all, both small and great. So again, the Antichrist, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Now, for the last 2,000 years, non-Christians mark, uh, have, have mocked and ridiculed the Bible. <laughs> yeah, like people are going to get a mark. What do we have now? The technology, where if you want to insert a little chip, which they are doing voluntarily, there are companies, especially over in Europe, who have asked their, a small company who have asked their employees, if you'd like to get a chip, we will give you the chip and you will no longer need cash when you enter this building. You can enter the building through that chip, you can buy your lunch through that chip, you can check in and out through that chip, you can do everything through that chip. Why are they doing that? It's called deception. But it's also conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. On your right hand or on your foreheads, that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now again, in chronological order, that comes halfway through the tribulation. So right now, your debit card is not the mark of the beast. Your visa, whatever it is, you know, credit, no, 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 no. This is halfway through the tribulation. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, you're not going to be here. So here we see in Revelation 13, the ultimate goal is one world government, one world religion, and one world economy. Is that coming to play? You just want to ask yourself, is that coming to play? If it is, then don't stick your head in the sand. Get it out, look up, and say, God, use me. Because your son's coming back and people need Jesus. So with those thoughts, let's look back in history to see what we can learn and guard ourselves against. Let's learn. Let's look at 1 Kings. Again, very quickly. 1 Kings 12. Therefore the king asked advice, made two calves of gold, and said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel. 1 Kings 12. Here are your gods, these two calves which brought you up from the land of Egypt. Does that sound familiar? Aaron? I didn't have anything to do with it. They just threw in the gold and the calf came out. Come on, Aaron. What a lame excuse. 29. And he set one up in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. Now this sin, now this thing, notice as you read about it, now this thing, what thing? The two calves. Now this thing became a sin. For the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. He made shrines on the high places and made priests from every class of people. The priests were only supposed to be of the tribe of Levi through the lineage of Moses, Aaron. 
who were not the sons of Levi. 1 Kings 13. 1 Kings 13. After this event, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but again he made priest from every class of people for the high places. Whoever wished, he consecrated him, and he became one of the priests of the high places. Now as we bring this up to today, we're not thinking, uh, I'm not thinking of priests, but I'm thinking of certain people that will place other certain people in certain high places to tell all of us what is true and what is not true. And if you don't obey that, you'll be canceled, you'll be fired, as a very educated doctor is learning who took a stand these last two years, you will lose your credentials, you will lose your license, you will lose everything that you've studied for and have used over the last 30 years in the name of science because you don't believe the modern science. You don't believe the political science because it's about politics, the science of today. This is falling right into America. And this thing was the sin of the house of Jeroboam. So as to exterminate and destroy it from the face of the earth. Now what does Satan want to do? He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But the first thing is to deceive. Because Satan knows, knew and knows, that the Messiah was going to come through Israel. So I need to destroy every Jew. I need to destroy the Israelites. So I'll just get them off one degree or five degrees or 20 degrees and we'll eliminate all the Jews so that the Messiah cannot come to this earth. That was his plan. How about Jeremiah 7? Jeremiah chapter 7. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, and if you're new to your Bible, the little white rectangle there, the Timois does a great job. We'll show you roughly in your Bible where it is. Two books before, two books after. And you might think, well, I can't keep up. That's okay. You'll get there. Get used to your Bible. It should be your best friend. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, stand in the gate of the Lord's house. So this is where the temple's at. And proclaim there this word and say. Now, guys, this is roughly 150 years after the northern tribes had been wiped off the land. 150 years have gone by. They're gone. All to the 10 northern tribes, they're gone. All our fellow Jews, they're gone. The land isn't ours anymore. There are enemies in the land. Get the bigger picture here. And Jeremiah is ministering to the two southern tribes, begging them, begging them for 40 years, begging them, don't do what they did. Don't do it. It's not going to end well. Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings. And that's what he's saying to America through you and I. So this study is necessary for you as far as, you know, we're part of the evil people. No, 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 no is for you to look up and say, God, use me this next coming week. Use me. Use me. And I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words saying, 
The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. What was taking place now in Tucson? We've got the temple. They worshiped two calves. That's why they got taken off the land. We've got the temple. We're never going to be removed. We got the temple. They brought idols into the temple. They desecrated the temple. They're putting their trust in a building. What are we putting our trust in as Christians? And what is this country putting their trust in? For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, in other words, if you repent, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to your hurts, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, You trust in lying words that cannot profit. Profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal or Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know, and then come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations. Has this house which is called by my name become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, I have seen it, says the Lord. But go now to my place, which was in Shiloh. In in our trip in March, as we go to Israel, we're going to go to Shiloh. Shiloh was the place, the first place where the Ark of the Covenant rested for hundreds of years. The glory of God, the Shekinah glory, the Moses, the tabernacle that Moses literally built was there in Shiloh, which was in northern Israel. It was located there. So what is Jeremiah saying to these people? Go to Shiloh and see how they did. See how it looks. Total devastation. Total devastation. 150 years earlier. Total devastation. You don't believe me? Go look. Go look. Where I set my name at the first and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. And now because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you. Notice this here. And I spoke to you, rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear. And I called you, but you did not answer. Well, where was God? Well, where was God? Well, where was God? God was there. And people today will say the same thing. Well, where is God? We voted. Where is God? God's on his throne. And the chess pieces are being moved into place. And Jesus is coming back right on time for his bride, the church. And we only have so much time to be ministers of Christ, ambassadors for Christ. I voted and I left it there. God's still on the throne. He's got a plan. And as Matt prayed, I pray and we all should pray. Lord, your will be done. 14, therefore, I will do to this house, which is called by my name, in which you trust and to this place which I gave to you and to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh, and I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim. And Ephraim, it was one of the largest tribes, so it's just saying all of Israel, all of Israel. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter six. So what is something that we as Bible-believing Christians should be doing in these last days? Well, Deuteronomy chapter six 
Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. So this was before, if you're new to the Bible, this was before, this was when the wilderness journey, when God, through the Holy Spirit, was ministering to Moses to write down the first five books of the Bible. And so they're pointing, Moses was pointing them to Canaan. You're going to Canaan. That's where our forefathers were. That's where the promise of God is. You're going to go there. Took them 40 years to get there. Verse 2, Deuteronomy 6, 2 that you may fear or reverence the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments that I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel. Therefore, hear, O Christian. And be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God. So here's our exhortation this morning. Not your party, not your agenda. You shall love the Lord your God. Don't put anything, including your mate, anyone or anything above God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, your soul. Not just up here in your head, but in your soul so that you can have the peace knowing, okay, I did my part. God, you're doing your part. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I'm grieved. I'm not excited about it, per se, but yet I am because your son's coming back. Praise God. Verse 7. Another thing that you and I can be doing and we need to be doing Because our children are being swayed. They're being deceived to disobey the Lord our God. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down. And when you rise up. So in other words, instead of talking about politics all the time. We could talk some things. I mean, we need to educate our children with that as well. But let's talk about the word of God. And make the word of God your focus, my focus. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall, they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And that's why you'll see today very religious Jews, you'll, you'll see that they have this little box, of, and they have scriptures in the box, the word of God is on their mind, and then they have a strap going down to the left arm, which is the side where your heart is leaning towards a little bit. So may your word be on my heart. Now, they're doing it, obviously, out of religiosity. They don't know the truth. And unfortunately, they hate Gentiles, most of them, if you ask them. So they haven't learned the word of God. So I'm not endorsing Judaism. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of information that you can realize, okay, even being a Christian, if I walk around and say I have the word of God, but I hate other people, I don't want them to go to heaven. There's a problem. Because God wants them to go to heaven. He's long-suffering, Peter says, willing none to perish. So why should we want them to perish? We shouldn't. We've got to change our mentality. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Let's look at John chapter 14. You see, it is the word of God that will bring us peace in these crazy times. Just as God warned the nation of Israel about what would happen to them if they left the word of God, Jesus warned the world what will happen in these last days. 
or at that time just prior to his return to the earth. You see, it's not a good picture, but unfortunately, God's people have been there before. We've just read it. And only a few clung to God's word. And again, if you finish Jeremiah, it's so sad. For 40 years, he's telling them to repent, repent, repent. They get removed to Babylon. And, and King Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, you know what? You're fine. You, you, the few of you that are left, take care of the land. I'll take care of you. And even some of those were going, no, 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 Jeremiah. You're a false prophet. Ever since we stopped worshiping the queen of heaven, all these things have come against us. The queen of heaven? It's craziness, craziness. John 14, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's not through Buddha, it's not through Muhammad, it's not through Mormonism, Jehovah's, whatever ism you want to throw out there, Buddha, whatever it is. Jesus is the only way that we can get to heaven. So jump down to verse 17, John 14, 17. The spirit of truth, notice capital S, that's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. They can't receive that life begins at conception. They're not receiving that the heartbeat starts at roughly 21 days. They're not receiving that a baby is fully formed. They're not receiving it. Why? Because they will not receive the truth. The truth of what? The word of God. The word of God. Don't take it personal. It's the word of God. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within every single Bible-believing Christian. How about John 15, 26? Again, how can we stay focused? How can we have that peace that surpasses understanding? John 15, 26. And when the Helper comes whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth. So another name for the Holy Spirit here is helper. Another name is comforter. Where are you finding your comfort? Where are you finding your help? How's it going for you? You just want to ask yourself some simple questions. How's it going for me? It's not going very well. Well, maybe I need to recalibrate and get my eyes on God, on Jesus and on the Word of God and what's going to happen in the last days. The spirit of truth who proceeds from my father, he will testify of me. How about John 16, 7? John 16, 7. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Now, we already know who the helper is, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jump down to verse 13. However, when he, now we know it's the Holy Spirit, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now, what is one of the truths about the last days that we have to accept even though it's very grieving? Jesus said right before his coming, it will be as it was in the days of Lot. It will be as it was in the days of Noah. The environment will be going crazy prior to his return. There's always been earthquakes. People say, oh, there's always been earthquakes. There's always been this. There's always been... Yes, there has been. But the birth pains are getting closer and closer and closer together. It's another sign of what's taking place. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, 
And he will tell you things to come, which we now have in our Bible. The things to come. How about John 17, 17? I encourage you to memorize it if you don't have it memorized. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by your truth. And the word sanctified just basically means set apart. Set apart. Set apart the believer by your word. Your word is truth. So again, if you're not in the word on a regular basis, you're going to have anxiety. You're going to have worry. You're going to have frustration. You're going to have all of those things because you're focusing on the horizontal instead of focusing on the vertical. As you get focused on the vertical, you're going to realize, oh, this has to happen on the horizontal. It's grieving, but it has to happen before Jesus comes back. So praise you, God. I'm living in the days where Jesus is going to come back for his bride, the church. How about First Peter? We've got a slide for it. Dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, New Living Translation, guys, we're only passing through, to keep away from worldly desires that war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, oh, you're one of those Christians. The media is really promoting Christianity as a far right-wing extreme position. No, we're just narrow. Because Jesus was narrow. I am the way, truth, of life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I'm just going to blame Jesus. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. And they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 3. We're getting ready to wrap it up. 2 Peter chapter 3. You might be going, oh, I'm getting tired of the Bible. Well, build up your stamina a little bit. Do daily devotions. You'll get used to it. 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, so Peter just says, hey, this is going to happen sooner or later, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Revelation chapter 21. Guys, that's where my eyes are at. And I'm planning, if you're new here, Everyone else has heard this. We have a retirement package. I'm planning for retirement. You know, I'm, I'm doing all those things, so I'm not negating any responsibility, so don't even go there. We have to be responsible. We're taking care of this property. We're going to do what we can do, but I'm not going to ever not want God to come back, Jesus to come back. You know, I'll wait till I retire, then come back. No, come back today. Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is not allegorical. This is not symbolic. This is literal. At Calvary, we believe in the Word of God. Many churches, if you talk to them, they'll say, oh, Revelation, oh, that's allegorical. That's symbolic. Oh, that all happened in 70 AD. Wow. 
Wow, glad I wasn't alive. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. This is the third heaven. This is where Paul visited and then came back to earth. The New Jerusalem. So when you say that person died and went to heaven, they died and went to the New Jerusalem. Heaven, heaven. Not just floating on a cloud, you know, pudgy little angel playing a harp. They literally went to heaven. Coming down out of heaven... So this is the second heavens. The first heaven is everything within our atmosphere. So for your Mormon friends, first heaven, everything within our atmosphere. Second heaven, everything outside our atmosphere. Third heaven, New Jerusalem. Heaven itself, okay? It's very simple. Uh, Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, verse 3, 21. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold! The tabernacle of God is with men or mankind there. And tabernacle, the dwelling. The dwelling of God. The dwelling. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Notice this here. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I don't believe there's eternal crying. I believe that, the, that at the Bema seat when we die, we're immediately judged. And every single one of us, no matter how good you think you are as a believer, every single one of us, when we stand before Jesus, we're going to weep. Oh, I could have done more. Oh, man, I should have done that. And God's going to say, hey, it's okay. But he has to judge it. But it's going to be okay. But every single one of us will be crying. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Notice that. So it's not going to be eternal. There shall be no more pain. Praise God. For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write these words are right, for these words are true and faithful. Notice that, guys. God is faithful. Everybody else, we're not. I make mistakes. You stick around here long enough, I'll, I'll, I'll disappoint you. I try. Come and talk to me. I try. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He overcomes, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Notice that, he who overcomes. We'll come back to that. Look at Revelation 22. And he, the angel, showed me a pure river of water of life. Guys, this is what we're going to see when we step into heaven. This is what your loved ones are already seeing if they're in heaven. Clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, and on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. That's a fruit tree right there. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face. Guys, this is you and me. This is you and me. And they shall see his face. We're going to see the face of God. And his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp or nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of, his holy, of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. That's my exhortation to you and I this morning. Keep the words of the prophecy of the book from Genesis to Revelation. Not just Revelation. From Genesis to Revelation. 
and you will be blessed. That will be blessed. Let's stay focused on the big picture. We're ambassadors for God, putting forth the message that anyone can be reconciled or that they can become right with God if they just acknowledge their sin. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not right with God. And you're just going, this is crazy. This is all crazy. This guy's a nut. This is Bible. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you better receive him because we, we do not know if, you do not know if you're going to leave to this earth today. So you need to repent. You need to turn to the one true God and accept Jesus as their Savior. That's how they became overcomers because you just read that, right? I'll read it again. Verse 21-7, he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Well, what does that mean, overcome? Well, 1 John 5, 4, we'll wrap it up with this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. If you have faith that Jesus is the Christ, you are an overcomer and you are going to heaven. Don't be deceived by the enemy. Don't get delusioned about what's taking place this day. Stay focused on God and go out into our mission field and serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we thank you and praise you for the days we're living in. It's grieving. It's grieving. There's no doubt about that. It's grieving. It's sad. We don't want to see our country go this way, but yet we want to see your son come home, come back to us. And so your will be done. Your will be done. Because you're going to be glorified through it, Father. And so we thank you for the opportunity the days we're living in. Lord, help us to stay focused. Help us to keep your eyes on heaven as we minister to one another, as we minister to our neighbors, our family members, our coworkers, with those who cross our paths this week. Help us to remember we have the ministry of reconciliation, not of condemnation. We don't have the ministry of politics. We have the truth that God sent his one and only son to die for all of humanity that they might spend eternity with you, Father. Keep our eyes looking towards heaven this day, this week. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church, how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.